0: Capturing Capturing the the World world. Hey what's going on y'all, this is David Carmichael II And before we get into our new episode, I want to tell you about my brand, Capture the World Capture the World is a black owned streetwear brand from Hampton, Virginia Capture the World represents the young generation of creatives around the world Next up are millennials and generation Z What is a creative? A creative can be described as an individual that sees the world differently from everyone else A creative can be looked at as a leader or a person that influences people with their gifts and talents. A creative uses their gift from God, not for money and fame, but for the greater good of the world. A creative thinks outside of the box and brings innovation in the world. Anyone from the young generation can be considered creative and capture the world. But those people that are ambitious, passionate, and have perseverance are the only ones that can bring their gifts and talents into fruition and capture the world. Are you a creative? Do you want to capture the world? Capture World Apparel plans to provide the highest quality, high fashion, and give a unique look. You can visit our website at www.CaptureTheWorldApparel.com. The world is yours. Capture it. This episode was recorded on September 22, 2020. Hope you enjoy. hey what's up y'all this is your host david carmichael ii and i'm back with another great episode of the caption the world podcast i just want to give a shout out to all of our spotify listeners all of our youtube listeners and all of our apple podcast listeners just thank y'all for continuing to listen and watch the show and um yeah just thank y'all man please subscribe and please pass the word on about the show like i said before i'm back with another new episode i have another great special guest on the podcast his name is joe Lau. um joe is a self-made entrepreneur and has founded six companies and sold three of them resulting in multiple seven figures Um, as a successful entrepreneur speaker and quality life coach joe inspires and challenges people to connect with who they truly are so they so that they can have a meaningful relationship and live a life a healthier life and higher quality lifestyle how you doing, Joe?
1: I'm doing awesome. Thank you, David, for having me. No doubt, no
0: doubt. So um, we were just speaking um, earlier off the pod, and I was asking, um, you know, where do you reside? So you say you reside in Miami, right?
1: That's right, Miami, by choice. Love the the weather, love the beach, and Miami is the only place to be. That's right.
0: So how long have you been um, living there?
1: Um, Almost uh, seven years now, on and off, because... Um my 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 youngest one was born here, and uh, so wow, she's almost eight right now. Yeah, so almost seven eight years now. On and off.
0: Okay, okay, awesome. Yeah, I was telling you earlier. Um, you know, I've been at Miami once back in twenty seventeen, and um, you know, we we stayed on the um at South Beach on the Strip, and um, yeah, it's a very beautiful city. A lot of things going on. A lot of people on the Strip. Um. Yeah, I definitely want to go back one day, once the pandemic is somewhat over. Definitely got to go back and visit Miami. Very beautiful city.
1: Definitely love to have you, man. It's beautiful. It's it's fun. Definitely love it.
0: Yes, sir. So, um, my first question to you is, um, I know you say you reside in Miami, but um, you know, where were you born and raised at?
1: I was born and raised in Hong Kong, so that. Um I'll call myself Hong Kongese. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: Cool. So how was it um you know growing up in Hong Kong? I never been to China before.
1: Right. Oh my gosh. Good question. Fast. <laughs> Everything is just fast, so right? So right. So I was there for my teenage years and so yeah, so I was there for for until I was um 18, 19 before I came to the United States. Everything there in Hong Kong, particularly, is very dense, very small. Right, mm-hmm. it's an extremely tiny city, and pretty much that everybody you know, up in your face. It's just, it's just so many people there, but in right. a good way. And people walk really fast. Um, we 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 do things fast, and we work a lot. That's pretty much Hong Kongese culture.
0: That's what's up. Yeah, that, that's kind of like how New York is, or how. And I've been in New York a couple of times, but that's kind—that's kind of how I picture New York City is, kind of the same way. Everybody's busy, it's so dense, so many people, so many buildings. Yeah, it's, I mean in Virginia, it's a lot slower down here than compared to like a big city like LA, you know, Los Angeles or New York. So um, I don't know how I want—I want that one day to live in a big city, but I can just—I can't imagine how how much you know being stuck in traffic and having being around a lot of people, it's like, oh man, I don't know. But um, you just
1: enjoy being stuck, <laughs> right? <laughs> you you learn to adopt it. Like, what should I do when I'm being stuck? You know.
0: <laughs> That's right. Right. I mean, we got we got a little bit of traffic here and there in this in this area, but and I know it doesn't compare to you know big big cities like Hong Kong, New York, and L A. Yeah, most definitely. So um, so yeah. So you say you was, you grew up in Hong, born and raised in Hong Kong. So, like, what did you, what were your interests back then? And what kind of, when did you realize you wanted to invest your time and and do what you're doing now?
1: All uh, right. It's really, you know, quite honestly, I never thought that um, I would be an entrepreneur. I thought about it when I was young. Because, you see, like, when I was little, uh, my parents got divorced. So, it was just me and my father left, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a great guy, but I never get to see him because he he just works a lot. And I never get to see him. I never really get to know him. And the truth is, at that early age, I didn't know the term entrepreneur, whether it's English or Chinese. I have no idea what that means. But I just thought that I want to own my business and make lots of money and have all this time freedom. But we all know how that go as an entrepreneur. That really is no time freedom until you realize that that you need to create that, right? Mm -hmm. Because as an entrepreneur, you can work 24-7. So early on in life, I really thought that had the seed in my head that I want to be an entrepreneur, but that dream didn't really come true until um, last year of college, and um, the opportunity kind of fall in my lap. My buddy, my my, my school buddy, um, he created this POS system that we designed for restaurants, and he just come tell me like, "Hey, Joe, you want to go partner, and you can take it a business side and go sell, and I take it a technology side." I was like. Sure, what do I have to lose, right? Starving student. I mean, right, we stopped right. broke anyway.
0: <laughs> right, right,
1: right. So we got nothing to lose. So we, we went straight into it, and it was doing really well for the first few months. And then the partnership fell apart. And that's my first failure. So to answer your question, I wasn't really doing anything to prep myself for it, especially my, my undergraduate degree was computer engineering. So mm-hmm. I know nothing about business. And just went straight into it, dive in, learn hands on. But then the obstacle really comes is after I fail with this very first business, then all the self doubt sounded like kicked in, you know, versus entrepreneur out there. A lot of them, you know, they might have this amazing idea in their head, but never, they never execute it because they're scared to fail because they want to keep that dream in their head that, okay, if one day when I'm ready to, to take action, it's going to be amazing. Mm. But for me, it kind of like the action kind of fall in my lap, and I took action before thinking. But then, with the first failure, I knew I suck. Not that I thought, right? I knew I suck. Right. So right. it was it was a long road from there to climb back up to to get the courage to start my second business.
0: Awesome, awesome. Okay, so um, and I, I read that you have you have plenty of businesses. Um, so like I know your businesses are in, um geared towards. Um, helping people, you know, you're a life coach. Um, but out of all six of your business, like, Ashley, just name like all your businesses and what do each one cater to?
1: All right. So the first one, we designed uh, a POS system, like point of sale system for restaurant. Uh-huh. And that went belly up because of a partnership. The second business, I sell, I learned how to do digital marketing and purely based on supply and demand. I found out that I could actually sell self-defense products online. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like stun guns and tasers. So I did that for, I kept that company for 10 years. And that was my main bread and butter, right? So while I was doing that, then I thought I was lack of business experience. So at that time, I'll start, either I spend the money to get to go get an MBA and, you know, stay in school for a few years, or I could be creative. So instead, I bought a franchise business to okay. learn how to scale business. Right. So to be truly hands-on, so I bought a franchise business, and I ran that for a season. Um, money was great. The business went really well, but it just I didn't really quite you know like the nature of the business. It wasn't really fit me. So we sold. I sold that business and make a profit for that. So that was my third business. And then my fourth business, now that I have a little bit of comfort in the bank and time, then I figure, hmm, I'm gonna try something different. And I always like to be all styling and with the haircut, right? So I started a fourth business, kind of like an app design um, to have to connect our stylist with um, the audience, which is the consumer. Mm-hmm. And it was a, it was a really amazing concept. But then again, poor execution and main factor that I failed for that because I wasn't hungry enough. I wasn't focused enough. I wasn't wanted bad enough. So just things slide, and then that went fail. And then the fifth business is actually quite interesting. It's a real estate startup. Um, It's called Sazum. And then what we do is we connect landlord with renter. So basically, instead of renter, go find a landlord. So renter will have a profile. So landlord will go find the renter instead. Okay. And then that went pretty well. We have a um, uh, minimal viable product out in the market and we got funding. We got fully funded exactly how we wanted. And then during that period of time, I stumbled upon an opportunity at that time to create my own brand of baby product. That's when my first uh, daughter was born. And I usually create business based on what I know and also based on the problem that I want to solve, right? So at that time... You know, I have I have young I have a young baby, and then I was struggling to find some really good baby products. So I was like, okay, why don't I just create my own brand? It's called Even and Emma. Okay. So even, when, even and Emma, it just it just took off, and it was you know bigger than anything I've ever created. So at that time, I had to decide whether to keep Zazoom or continue with Even and Emma. So I decided to walk away with Zazoom, and even though we got full funding and everything, but that was a great experience. So I was focusing on Even and Emma. And then ran there for about four years. And then I had to exit on that business on uh, about a couple of years ago. And that's when I started to feel like, wow, success without fulfillment is kind of a void for me. So that's when I started really getting into helping other entrepreneurs to be more productive, to live the harmonic life, and start my own knowledge business to help the others. So that's kind of my journey in short.
0: Okay. Excellent. Excellent, man. So, and I know you mentioned you, you sold a couple of your businesses and um, you say, you know, whether you didn't have enough time or you might you might not have liked the business at the moment. Um, So like as an entrepreneur and a business owner. As far as, you know, if you sell a business, what do you what is the smart, the smartest way to do that as far as like knowing that you're getting the right amount? Let's say somebody wants to buy your business. Um, how do you know if you're getting the best deal? And what's the right approach to take when it comes to that?
1: Um, it's actually a very complex question. And in, to my knowledge, right? I only sold like three of them. So I'm not no expert in that. But in my own personal experience, you always want to sell a business when it's going upward, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want, you never want to sell. I have I've sold one when it's not um, thriving, right? And I've sold two of them when it's thriving. And the valuation definitely is huge difference, right? And also the amount of buyer that is interested in, you know, meaning that you have choice. With different pricing. It's definitely different. So I would highly recommend it to make sure that when you want to sell a business, make sure it's on an uptrend when you're doing really well, especially when you have new things coming up, we have new plan to develop for the next, you know, 12 to 24 months. That's when the buyer get most excited. Then you get more valuation. And the second thing is to keep a really clean book, right? Early on in your business, hire, start working with a CPA or at least a bookkeeper to keep your book to keep your book really clean, meaning like everything is very clear, right? Mm -hmm. It is a good practice for business as well, but keep it so, so, I would say so clean to a point that you want to sell it the next day and the buyer will get all the information they need. That's how I think everyone should run their business. Because without knowing the number, you can't possibly know how to grow it, right? Or without knowing the number, you can't possibly know how to stop some of the issues. So keep it really good. And if you do that two things, you will get the valuation that you deserve based on the market trend.
0: Excellent, excellent. That's a really great um, in-depth answer. Excellent. So, um, being an entrepreneur, man, I know for a lot of us, it's, it can be a struggle. It can be it can be hard at times. And to you, what do you? What was your biggest struggle as an entrepreneur?
1: My biggest struggle by far is definitely time management. And also, the truth is, it's different stages too. You know, when we're all starting out, we're grinding, right? We probably go after the same thing. It's too shy to say it is money, right? I'm not afraid to say it, it is money. A lot of people jump into business, jump into entrepreneurship because of two things, right? Financial freedom and, and, and time freedom. Uh-huh. And a lot to, to start with, time freedom is not as important because we're trading time for money. So once you have a little bit of success, then My, personally, I quickly realized that, wow, I bought on it. Because, you know, as you know, you're running a successful business as well. When you're running a business, there's so many things you can learn, right? There's so many courses, so many mentors, so many books you can read, so many conferences, so many new techniques, whether it's product development or marketing or customer service or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Just so many opportunities. And a true entrepreneur will always see different opportunities that you want to jump in. So how do you possibly have time to do all those things? The answer is you don't have time to do all those things. So that's when time management really comes in. For me, that was the biggest struggle. And today's, I'm proud to say that, you know, I've been working 25 hours a week for the past decade while I'm doing all these really fun things with the business. But life wasn't always like that, right? Mm-hmm. I remember that one particular day. And let, me, let me kind of back up a little bit. You know, life wasn't always like that. And, and, and you know, like today it's great. Everything is great. You know, hours is great. Money is great. You know, I feel fulfilled. But when, when it all started, when I remember the particular day, um, one night I was working late and I finally get downstairs to get some dinner with my with my wife. And then I do not even know how much time I spent with her at dinner. I just like, you know, keep shuffling food in my mouth. might take like five, 10 minutes. You know how people eat like, oh, just keep on, you know, eating. You're not really eating. You just inhaling food because in my mind wasn't present at all. I don't even know I was really talking to her or not because I was thinking about my business, right? So as soon as I finished eating, I went back upstairs and started working on it. I can still see the giant whiteboard in front of me with all these items that I'm supposed to check off. And I was like, wow, when do I ever finish this whole thing? Mm-hmm. And then before you know it, my wife knocked on the door and she said, are you coming to the bed with me? I was like, uh, no, I mean, look <laughs> at this huge list.
0: Right, I got to take care of this I mean, first. Yeah. You know what
1: I mean? Yeah, I got to take care of the business, right? I'm not even halfway done. So so I went back to work, and then she, she didn't, you know, mad or anything, but worse this, she gave me this really sad look, right? And oh my God, it just kills me, you know? But then, you know, I was like, okay, I don't have time for this. I'm just, you know, really busy trying to get things done. And I was working on it. I feel really bad. I just feel so guilty, you know? I have this wonderful woman that I'm married to, I'm not really married to her. I was married to my business. And, you know, mm-hmm. just like my father, is one thing I don't want to become. I didn't become entrepreneur to neglect my family. So that was really a wake-up call for me, David. So at that time, I figured out, you know what, this is not why, this is not the reason why I start business. I got to figure this thing out. So I took the next two years to really study everything from mindset, time management, productivity, and try to figure out how to live this Work-life balance, that everybody's just kind of like a mythical thing, right? Work-life balance. How do you do that as an entrepreneur? And after two years of searching and child failure, I finally figured it out. So once I figured that out, things changed. Instead of working like 50, 60 hours a week, I worked 25 hours a week for a past decade. I found six companies, so three of them. And before, I never have time to spend with my family. And today, I spend so much time with my family that my my kids literally are tired of me and just kind of, you know, <laughs> right. let, let you in a little secret, right? The other day, um, uh, I think some of the parents, like, uh, you know, I had kids' parents ask my girls, like, what does your father do for a living? And guess what they tell him?
0: What do you say? They
1: <laughs> say, he, he doesn't do anything, he play all day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, all right. Because they don't know, they don't know exactly what you do. All they see is you just might be on computer all day. They might think you're just playing around on computer.
1: Exactly. So I'm like, uh, so in this day, I'm proud to tell everybody that I'm a part-time entrepreneur and a full-time family, man. That's, that's so great. yeah, so that's that's how it comes about. <laughs> that's
0: great, man. That's that's awesome, man. So I know you mentioned, you just mentioned, you know, you went from working so many hours to scaling it down to 25, 25 hours a week. So like, that's a little bit of detail. How did you manage to really do that and, be, and still be productive right. at the same time?
1: I love it. Great question. So um, after child and error and, you know, looking back, reengineering my mythology, right? I come up with three simple steps. I call it the app method. Mm-hmm. App, well, not like any other app that you download to your phone. This app that I create, you download it to your brain, right? App stands for attitude, productivity, and people. Mm-hmm. And um, to give your audience some win today, I want to talk about the productivity section because it's, it's one of my favorite. The productivity section has three different parts. The first part, well, let's talk about it. I call it the productivity section. I call it SPF. So before today's um, podcast, when people think about SPF, you might think about sunscreen to protect your skin, right? Mm-hmm. So hopefully after today, when you think about SPF, it's to protect your time. Because time and focus is the only two things that we have control on as entrepreneurs, truly. So let's talk about what's F? What is S? S stands for intentional scheduling. Now, Susan, uh, one of my students from my two-day workshop, I met after she listened to one of the podcasts. She's one of the nicest persons I ever met. She always have time for the others, but never have time for herself to launch her business. She asked me, you know, how do I schedule in any time for myself? Because, you know, I don't know what to do. And I told her, you have to, instead of doing Regular scheduling—you have to use something on what I call intentional scheduling. Why is it so important? Is because what good does that do when you know what you need to do to move your business forward, but you have no time to actually do it, right? Mm-hmm. So when everybody is telling you scheduling is about fitting things in, I'm actually saying scheduling is about taking things out to make to make room for the things that really matter. Right. And right. one thing one thing everybody can do right now when you're listening, is you can do something what, um, something what is called time blocking. What it does is, whether it's 15, 30 minutes, one hour, two hours, doesn't matter the duration, the important is, is consistently. Let's say, you know, every morning, you can spare 30 minutes to an hour, I don't know, between from 7 to 8, and you block that time out from your calendar. And what you do is, no matter what, you're not going to jeopardize that time. And that time, you only do one thing. Which is activities that you know is gonna move you from where you are to where you want to be, whether it's self-development, or whether it's a training for your business, or, or you know, skill, or whether it's doing something for your business or sales and marketing, whatever the activities is that you identify that will move your business forward, you do that in that time blocking and you promise yourself not to jeopardize that. So use that time blocking technique. And so that's how you have intentional scheduling. Now, the second step you can do to get really good in productivity is what I call prioritize mm-hmm. to impact. And this is huge. Everybody knows how to prioritizing, right? Yes. But prioritizing is prioritized to impact. It's different. Now, and one of my students, she's just a typical entrepreneur. High achiever, want to learn everything. Very capable to do any, anything and learn everything, right? And she tried to do everything on her own. And she asked me during one of our workshops, she asked me, Joe, what's the difference between you know busy and being productive? Because she's really busy. She literally told me that I work 12 hours a day, seven days a week. So I told her, Rosanne, the difference between busy and productive is that busy is you getting things done. Being productive is you getting the right things done. Mm. And that's what makes it different. So every time when you're not prioritized to make impact, you are actually wasting time, leaving money on the table. And more importantly, you're not achieving your mission, your dream, and your goal. So how do you come back That Very simple. I use what I call the WWW method, which stands for who, what, and when. The first thing is who. Write down in a piece of paper while you're listening to this. Write down what is your value, what is your identity, what do you want to be known for? Whether you're selling clothing, whether you're selling a product or offering service, who do you, what do you want to be known for? Exactly, right? Write that down. It's because without knowing who you are and what is important to you, you cannot possibly figure out what is important to do. So that's why step one, figure out who you really are, what you want to be known for. Now, step two, you figure out what is important. I often say this. When... Your time span is not aligned with your identity or value. You're going to have burnout, regrets, and mediocre life or results. And that's why it's so important to do things in this order. So second step is, I'm sure we all have this crazy to-do list as an entrepreneur, right? So on every single item on the list, just ask yourself this one question. What could possibly happen if I say no to this and why? And you'll find it when you ask a simple question and really, truly write down why, you would chunk that whole list down probably by, you know, at least like 50%. So picture you have 20 items. Now you're down to like 10, 8 items, right? It's a lot more achievable. So last step is what I call the secret sauce. is the when. So now picture you have this small list right now that you know you need to get done. The key, the key question is, when do they become important, right? So let's say you're launching a new business. Launching a business, you draw a timeline. There's two main things is going to happen to any business. One is when you start to do the marketing for whatever you're offering. The second thing is when the customer pays you, then you have to fulfill your promise, right? Yep. So draw the two distinct deadlines right there. And then you start pulling in this all this item on your to-do on your to-do list to this timeline and try to figure it out. Let's say you want to launch a new product line, a new, you know, let's say you want to launch a new clothing line, right? You obviously not going to do the marketing until you know exactly what to market. So you probably first want to do some market research and figure out some maybe new design or what makes your new clothing line so unique, right? Figure out some, you know, the, the product, material, and all that stuff. Once you have that, then you move on to the next step and maybe learn some marketing, whether it's, you know, social media or search engine optimization or do partnership. Then you do marketing. And after marketing, then after the customer, give you the money, now you worry about the fulfillment. Now you spend time on packaging and ship it, right? right? So with this with this timeline, with this method, instead of having this one-dimension vertical to-do list, you now have something in a two-dimension, what I call a success list, which is full of actionable items in different time frame. So that's how you prioritize the impact. And the last step to boost your productivity is what I call focus to finish. So now Julia, uh one of my students that she is just like many of us, has a family, especially during covert work at home, constantly being distracted by family, interrupting yes, no in doubt. a good way, in a bad way, right? Uh-huh. They constantly knocking at the door. It's like though the door is closed. Please respect that. <laughs> no, nope, no one listened to that, right? Right, right. And friends keep calling you and all this crazy stuff. So Julie asked me this question during the two-day workshop. And she asked, like, so, how do I stay focused to finish my test? And I say, it is extremely important to do that is because you want to be able to accomplish what you set aside time to do. So when it comes to focus, you are thinking it wrong. You're thinking about the key to focus, is just thinking about one thing. You should be thinking about the key to focus, is actually eliminating all other distractions. There are two types of distractions out there. There are internal distraction. And the external distraction and today let's just focus on talk about external ex- external distraction so you can like you know we move those like right away on the, in literally tomorrow When mm-hmm. next time when you work or whenever you start to work right so there are five things you can do like right now so take notes right now this is really like actionable item right <laughs> so first thing first thing you can do looks simple but very effective communicate with the others so literally, if you live with someone, you know, whether it's your loved one or your spouse, your kid, literally, before you start working, tell them you're about to start working and tell them when you will be finished. So for my case, let's say I'm going to work from 9 to 11 and I would tell my kid, hey, I'm going to get something done in my office from 9 to 11. When I'm done, I'm going to come out of my office. We can do this and can, we can do all these things, right? Because think about it. The reason people really want to interrupt you is because they're afraid that you won't have time for them. So by communicating with them and let them know that I'm actually available after these hours, I'm all yours, they will be contained, you know? And then also for the people that have young kids, one of the tips I like to offer is that get your kid to make that do not disturb sign for you so that way they'll respect that, all right? Use that sign wisely. So communication is step number one. Step two is one of my favorite. What I call is create the Starbucks effect. What mm-hmm. I mean by that is, think about this, pre cover We all have done this, right? We'll go to a little Starbucks or Panera or some place that you spend $5 and sit all day. <laughs> right? right We've right. all done that. And think about it. Why do we like to do that? When it comes down to it, it's only one reason. Because every time when you go over there, you can expect to find a clean working service that you can just sit down, start working right away without doing any cleaning or clutter, right? When you finish, you take your laptop, you take your notebook with you, and next time when you go back in, it's the exact same thing happened. You can expect that to happen, a clean working service. So we like that because we can just jump right in when we're ready to work. So what I suggest is create a same effect at home by having a second workstation. Literally, if you have an office, have a desk that you do work, forget about working there. Work at the kitchen counter, right? Literally, a different area that you're not going to jump up. And every time when you go there, it's clean. So if you can you know, have the space or resources that you, it's affordable. Create a new workstation. Literally put a sign on. It's for work only. So when you finish working, please take your stuff away because you're not going to leave your laptop and your notebook at Starbucks, right? So don't right. do this at this workstation as well.
0: No doubt. I love it, man. I definitely love it. So awesome. Yeah, this is great. I can look, I can implement this into my life as well. Um, so, so there's, there's
1: two things, right? Yeah. Want to hear the last three? Yeah, what's the, what's the last one? All right, there's two more, three more. The next thing you can do is turn off all notification. I'm talking about everything, right? Turn off your ping, your message, your email, your 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 Facebook, all those things, turn it off. Even if you, if you have, if you have the stomach to stomach this, li- literally leave your phone in a separate room, outside of oh, mine, and just turn them all off, and there's time for that, which is not the time when you work, right? The fourth step is remove all the clutter. I'm talking about both virtual and physical. There are a lot of scientific paper proof that your mind likes to work in an organized space. So for virtually a lot of people, you know, a lot of us work on a computer, right? Like literally clean up your desktop by just creating one little folder. So during work, put all the folder, put all the files that you like to put on your desktop on this one folder. And when you're done, you can drag it all out. It is safe, it's still there. And when you work on the computer, just make sure you open the window that you're working on. Do not open anything else because we want to check other stuff. So foolproof yourself by only opening the thing that you're working on. And for your physical space as well, and clean it up to make sure there's nothing around you so your eye literally won't get distracted. So that's tip number four. Remove all the clutter, physical and virtually. And last step is just one of my favorite as well, which I call it affirm your goal. For those of you that are into personal development, you probably heard that, you know, in the morning, it is good to, you know, look at the mirror and say something aspiring, like, I can do this. I can achieve my goal. I can, you know, make impact in life. I can make, you know, the money I want and things like that, right? That's called affirming your goal. So why not re- why not replicate the same thing for each of your work section? What I have literally is a note right in front of me. It's a sticky note. I, for this section that I'm, you know, uh, on this podcast interview, I literally say to serve. That's my goal for this, you know, this interview is to serve you as an audience and offer you value. So I do the same thing for all my work sessions. I literally just write one line or one word. What is exactly what I'm doing for this particular time block? Maybe uh, reach out to 10 client, or maybe uh, um, do some sales and marketing. Whatever that is, I remind myself that in the beginning of the session, I literally read it out loud what my goal is for this section. And I put it in front of me and remind myself. So when I get distracted, which sometimes happen, I can literally just glance, glance, glance it to that note and say, okay, this is not time to, for customer service. This is time for assessment marketing. And that would bring me right back to it. So that will sum it up on um, what I call focus to finish.
0: Cool, cool, man. Yeah, I like that. I definitely do like that. Because like it's a lot of things that, you know, we always say we don't have time to do certain things. And we really have to analyze what we're really doing every day. And if all the things that we're doing are really beneficial to our lives, of course we want to have some type of entertainment and things like that. But sometimes, man, you have to sacrifice certain things to get to where you want to get to. So if it comes down to maybe you shouldn't watch TV today or maybe watch less TV, Or, um, you know, whatever you, you know, that's not really adding to your life as much, you know, you have to make some sacrifices and really, like you said, get rid of, of some things to make room for other things, you know, so definitely can free up your time and, you know, like the staying focused and really being in tune to what you're trying to do, whatever distractions that are in your way, just try to get rid of those ASAP And you can be more focused and your brain could be more focused and it could, you know, be um, intertwined with what you're trying to do. So I definitely agree with everything you just said, Joe. I love it. I love it.
1: I appreciate it.
0: No doubt. No doubt. So, um, well, my question to that, too, is when you're trying to focus, let's say you, you know, when you're saying, let's say you have kids and you have your do not disturb sign on your office, right? And you have a certain amount of time you have dedicated to certain things. So how do you make sure you don't um, go over the time that you set for certain things? How do you make sure you stick to that schedule? It don't go over.
1: That's a great question. That comes to um, a couple of things like a little bit of buffering your, your work, right? Don't, don't, under, don't underestimate you know, how, how much you know, a project can take. And I would say, don't overestimate uh, how fast you can do things. I would say, buffer a little bit of time for each work section, And I also like to uh, put things like, you know, like, like break things down to more like simple steps because that way you get momentum. When you get the momentum going, things move faster. So I would say, def- definitely buffer buffer a little bit of time. So let's say if you, if you are learning this new marketing technique, right, that you have never done before, if everybody tells you that, oh, you can get it done in, I don't know, 20 hours. I probably would think that with they, what they really mean is 25 to 30, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like play by ear. So I would allow yourself a little bit room for learning, right? And then if I can get it done faster, that's awesome. Because I would say, you know, as an entrepreneur, it's all about this little small win that we create every single day for ourselves. Not for the business, as a as entrepreneur. Because as an entrepreneur, it is not about business. Business is just one thing that we do, right? Mm-hmm. Health, relationship, um, everything else affects you because you are the one that making the thing, making the business happen. Whether you're a solopreneur or you're a big-time CEO, they your business needs you to perform well. So adopt the mindset of win and learn, and it will help you to relieve the pressure on. Oh, I have to do everything get done by one section or one day or two days, right? And give yourself some time to marinate it and learn it. And learn, also learn it while you're doing it as well. So I would say, adopt the mindset. Give yourself a little bit extra time. That will help you not go over it. And when you go over it, when you do have to go over it, don't beat yourself up about it, right? Just make sure that, you know, next time, buffer a little bit more time. Set a little bit more, set a little bit different expectation. Now that you know maybe this particular test will take you, you know, three hours instead of two. And fit in the time a little bit better. The key is to make yourself feel good about every work session, not only to create results, but also feel good about it. So you never feel the need to like quake or burn out or anything.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, that's great advice. I love it. So, um, one thing about being entrepreneurs, you know, we have a lot of lessons that we learn after the fact, and sometimes we fail, but you know, you always want to learn from from your failures. Um, So, my question to you is, what is one thing you wish you would have known, you know, first start? Now, what's one thing you wish you would have known before, beforehand?
1: I would say definitely work with someone who done it, whether you call it a coach or mentor. Right. Because chances are, you know, there's really nothing new under the sun, so to speak. Right. And, you know, whatever we want to achieve as an entrepreneur, especially a new entrepreneur, chances are someone that has already done it, even you know, similar model, similar product, similar service type, similar whatever you want to offer. Someone have done it, walk that path in the industry or that particular way to do things, right? So f- seek that person out, you know, and, and you know, ask them to be your mentor or hire them, be your mentor, be your coach. That will really shorten this whole learning curve. And I'm sure you know we all read some book that we 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 listen to It's like wow. What a great insight. But it takes that person maybe a decade, two decades to, to condense the knowledge to maybe, you know, four or five hours of listening. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean by working with someone that done it. So don't try to reinvent the wheel at the get-go. Instead, work with someone that have done it, coaches or a mentor. That But then what you do is you emulate the success until you have something on your own. Then you can, you know, go off path to create your own path later on.
0: Excellent. Excellent. I love it. So, um, yeah, that's I I agree with that too, because, you know, my dad was definitely my mentor when it comes to the, the, the clothing line thing. And he showed me how to, you know, screen print, you know, t-shirts and just overall how to make clothes. And, um, you know, with some other things that he didn't know that I had to learn myself, but overall, you know, if I just, you know, if I just wanted to dive in and make a clothing line, I probably would have been. It probably, I probably would have been a lot slower to getting to wherever I'm at now because I didn't have that advice in the beginning. And, you know, that, that person can tell you where they failed at to make sure you don't do the same mistakes. So you can kind of get a head start on certain things when you have a mentor. So I can definitely agree with you on that on that question. Um, That's awesome. Awesome. So I just got a couple more questions, man, before we wrap it up. Sure. Um, so I know you gave a lot of advice to us entrepreneurs already. But um, if, if it was just one piece of advice you can give an entrepreneur or a business owner, what would you say to them?
1: Okay, one piece of advice. All right, let me think. I would say um, it really is how you do anything is how you do everything. Mm-hmm. And as an entrepreneur, it is, you know, some people say it, it's a spring. Some people say it's a marathon. I say it, it's a lifestyle change. Right. Right. Think about it The analogy is Think about it If you're a runner Yeah When you decide to become Entrepreneur You're actually a swimmer Running (laughs) and swimming Are both sports But they're very different Right Right. Running You can stop And and take a break Swimming There's no stopping
0: (laughs) You gotta keep going Or you gonna You gonna drown If you don't know I mean If you don't know how to float But yeah You gotta keep going
1: (laughs) Exactly So what I mean by that Is you really had to Adopt to to be an entrepreneur lifestyle. And quite quite frankly, to be an entrepreneur is actually a very simple thing to do. All you need to do is do two things right. First thing is, have the love of solving problem. And second thing is, have the love of learning new things. Because entrepreneur is nothing but solving problem and learn what you, you could not solve and learn from the feedback and learn new things to solve the problem. That's all it is. Learn. And solve problem. So for those of you who love to solve problem, learn love to learn, highly recommended. Try out entrepreneurship. Now on the flip side, if you don't like solving problem, I'm just gonna be the bad guy to say it. This is gonna be tough. If you don't like solving problem and you're the kind of people that like to run away from problem, entrepreneurship is gonna be very difficult because problems happens all the time. And better yet, if you're a true entrepreneur, once you adopt the mindset of win or learn. You will not see problem as problem anymore. You will see that as opportunity. And you'll be you'll be happy to see when problem comes. Because those are opportunities that you can solve. So those are my advice.
0: Excellent. I love it. Definitely love that. I love that answer. So this is my last question. Um I this is the question I ask all of my guests. And like I said, I always say this every time, it's a real broad question. Um, but Basically related to what you do in your in your field. So my question is, how do you plan to capture the world? but base it off of what you do for a living? like how do you plan to capture your audience?
1: My plan is to help millions of entrepreneurs to be more productive in their life so they can be thriving not only in the business but also thriving in the personal life. because I personally believe that as an entrepreneur, You should not have to sacrifice your personal life for professional gain. When you're able to focus your energy and your time on the things that matter, money, relationship, health, whatever you dream of, you can actually have it all. So don't just focusing on the business itself. Focusing on yourself as a person. And when you're happier, you have the energy to take care of your family. When you can take care of your family, you have the knowledge and the energy to take care of your community. When you can take care of your community, that's when you can take care of the world and the globe and capture the world.
0: That's it right there. I love it, man. That's great. That's a great answer. Um, Joe, man, I, I appreciate you being a part of this podcast. Um, you a lot of good gems. You just gave us a lot of good information, a lot of good advice. And um I wish you much success in all your business ventures and um yeah, that's you know, keep continuing to inspire people around the world and um yeah man it's just so much great information out there and it's we all here to help each other too you know i'm saying be a helping hand to one to one another and you know every time we find information about different things it's always good to pass down that information to someone else because they can use that too and they can tell somebody else as well so as uh, entrepreneurship community business owner community we all here to help each other and uh, to make everybody be great I love it.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. If you like, I actually have a free assessment to offer to your audience, if you like. Okay, excellent. Okay, that's a free assessment I create. It's absolutely free. And what it does in is just in five minutes, you can fill it out how much time you spend on six core area of your business, just, mm-hmm. you know, in percentage. Because what we tracked grows, right? So just in five minutes, you can download this PDF file at focus.therealjola.com. is focus dot the real job.com. So download this free assessment It's called focus to win assessment and just spend a few minutes and figure out how much time you spend on each of the area of your business. And once you've done that, you know exactly why your business is moving forward Then do more of those activities. And you also know why your business is not where you want to be. And you're able to know where to fix it.
0: No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. I'm going to definitely make sure I put that link in the podcast, podcast description when this episode was released. Um, and another thing, did you have any other social media links or any other places you want to shout out before we go, where they can sure. find
1: you? you can follow me at um on on my Facebook uh, fan page at therealjoelaw.com. You can also follow me on Instagram, same handle, therealjoelaw.com.
0: Excellent, excellent, awesome, man. So, yeah, that's that was it. Like I said before, I thank you for being a part of this podcast, Joe joe Lau and um yeah like i said before man much success to what you have to offer in the future and um this is your host david carmichael the second and this is another great episode of the caption world podcast like i said before thank y'all for my listeners and just please pass the word on about the show and we'll see y'all on the next episode you yeah, have a good one peace